Welcome to Startup Cornell, a podcast exploring the bold entrepreneurial ideas coming from our students, faculty, staff, and alumni. I'm Kathy Havis, your host, and today we're going to talk with Steven Eisen. He's the CEO and founder of the iconic bracelet company Loci, and now of Elements Drinks, a company offering functional wellness drinks made with clinically effective levels of adaptogens. We'll tell you more about adaptogens, and then we'll also talk about how Loci bracelets help their wearers to find balance. And we'll learn what motivates Stephen to be involved in various charitable causes. To find out more about entrepreneurship at Cornell and see the show notes from this episode, visit eship.cornell.edu. So welcome, Stephen. I'm so glad you could be with us today. Kathy, thank you for having me. It's awesome. So I'd love to hear more about the company that you're working on mostly right now. I don't know if you're working still on both companies, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about each one and give us the 30-second pitch about them. Yeah, sure. Uh, working on both at the same time. Uh, Loci is actually a company I started when I was a freshman at Cornell. My grandfather was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, and I was thinking about the highs and lows that I was going through in life and how everyone goes through highs and lows. And it uh, really just got me thinking about the highs and lows in the world. Mount Everest and the Dead Sea and how I could take elements from those two places and incorporate them into a product that people could wear every day as a reminder to find balance in life, staying humble when you're on top of the world and hopeful when you've hit a low. So every loci bracelet has that water from Mount Everest and mud from the Dead Sea. And the company's been around about 10 years now, and we've sold close to 14 million units. Holy cow, right. And I was talking with my daughter beforehand, and I was like, how many of those bracelets do you have? And she's like, I have like seven or eight. I mean, a lot of people have multiple because they have the same elements, but they're different. How are they different, the different varieties? Yeah, so every bracelet has the white bead with the water from Mount Everest and the black bead with mud from the Dead Sea. But instead of clear for the rest of the balls, it might be pink for breast cancer, purple for Alzheimer's, neon for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Uh, And we really kind of started to expand our customer base through the nonprofit channel. Since day one, giving back was such a huge part of the brand and our ethos just because of my grandfather and why it was started. And so we've always donated 10% of profits to charity. Awesome. This year, I think we'll break $10 million donated to different charities. Oh, that's amazing. So Elements is a newer company. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So a few years ago at Loci, we said, okay, we're Loci, we're a bracelet brand. We're about helping and inspiring people to find balance in their life. What other products could we make that deliver on that promise? And we learned about adaptogens, which is a class of plant. uh, And in high enough doses, they have functional benefits that you can really feel. What adaptogens really do is they balance your cortisol levels, which are stress hormones, which allow you to have more energy in the morning, sleep better at night, focus more during the day. And we said, this is really cool. Does it work? And we were very skeptical at first as well. And so we used third-party clinical studies to dictate the dose and the suppliers that we used in all of our products to make sure that it was one for one for the clinical study. And we got amazing feedback on the functions. And we quickly realized that beverages and bracelets are such different industries that We needed to separate the two. So there are technically two different companies with a shared mission. You know, the beverage market is like so gigantic, and there's other companies that offer beverages that allegedly help you in these various areas. I'm not sure any of them use, though, adaptogens. Is that how you differentiate yourself, or how are you different than all the other choices that people have out there for beverages? 
Yeah, you know, we really want to position ourselves as the healthy alternative to the unhealthy quick fix. So you might think energy drink and all the sugar that's in those products. We knew it was a product that people needed, right? People need help with energy in the morning, sleep at night. So we just wanted to do it in a bit of a healthier way. And I think what I've learned about the beverage industry now being in it is it's kind of like an iceberg. What you see on top is this really cool, sexy brand and this product that people love and drink all the time. But really, the vast majority of building a beverage brand is logistics and operations, which is something I actually tend to be good at. Uh, and it's one of the skills I enjoy. So it's been a fun new challenge. Right. That's great. And the Elements name seems like it has a lot of tie-ins with Lokai as well. How did you choose the name? Was that easy? Yeah. When I always told the story of Lokai, I talked about the elements from the highest and most points on earth. And so adaptogens are elements that you consume. And so it was just very fitting. That made a lot of sense. Right, right. So when you were a student and you were thinking about what you were going to do, I think you were an AIM major when you were at Cornell. Did you think, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to get into certain things I'm really interested in. I want to start a company or two or three. Or how do you think you found yourself moving in a direction of an entrepreneur and then moving into these sectors? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to be around an entrepreneur my whole life. My grandfather's an entrepreneur and my father was as well. So for me, it was something that was very uh, normal. Being an entrepreneur is a normal career path. And so I always was coming up with ideas. I was always the kid with a lemonade stand. I had a small high school business selling handcrafted wood pens that I made. So I, I was always very entrepreneurial. But I would say not, not everyone has that, obviously. And I think now more than ever, with the resources of social media and the internet, you can learn and figure out almost anything. And so I don't think there's ever been an easier time to be an entrepreneur from that respect. That's great. That's great. In both of your businesses, are there some new products or initiatives that you're working on that you want to share with us? You know, funny enough, it's kind of the opposite. It's actually become more, how do we focus on our core products that consumers love? And how do we tell more people about those products? I think it's very easy, especially as an entrepreneur who tends to be a person, and I consider myself one, that loves to create new things. And so I think holding back and not always creating new products is hard. But some of the most successful companies that I see are incredibly good at focusing their time and their resources on their energy on what they have and just growing it. And so that's really been a focus of ours for the past couple of years. So could you have ever imagined when you were starting the bracelet company that you would be at the point where you have raised $10 million just in charitable funding or sold millions and millions of bracelets? What do you think about it was such like, was it the timing? Was it the fact that you have all these different organizations that you are contributing to that people can buy into? What's the special thing you think about that? Yeah, you know, I, I think everyone needs a, a little bit of luck. And as a naive 19-year-old, I think I got a little lucky on the industry that I picked, right? Uh, at the end of the day, it is a bracelet and that jewelry category and industry is is very large. And so I had the, I will run through brick walls, I'll do whatever it takes, this thing is going to be successful. I had no doubt in my mind. 
whether it ended up being successful or not could have could have turned out anyway, right? But but I do think when starting a company, it's really important to understand the industry and the market size that you're in relative to the size of the business you want to grow, I, which is not knowledge I really understood when I was starting out. It just, I kind of got lucky there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you said when you were a student that the logistics and those things were things that you found yourself really good at. Are there pieces of your undergrad degree that you found really helpful? It felt like, you know, there was a time when you could find a loci bracelet everywhere. Like it was just all over the place. So are there things you learned about marketing or sales as an undergrad that you felt like have been helpful? Or have you just found good people to help you in all those different areas? Yeah, I've always been a person who figures things out along the way. And I think there's nothing more valuable than like learning by doing. And so I think starting a company as a freshman was probably the best thing I could have done. Uh, right. I didn't launch Loki until I graduated. So for three years, I was figuring it out while also in school. And so that really, for me, being a student was the safety net to the time I was spending working on my company. And yeah, Cal Turvey was a great advisor to me. And I would pick things up in the different classes that I was in while I was building like, oh, yeah, I was just looking at that in my own company. And, and I think it gives a bit more context to marketing sales finance when you're playing with real numbers in your own business. So were you involved in any entrepreneurship kind of activities here, like an internship or in a club or any of those kind of entrepreneurial things? No, I wasn't. Uh, When I was at Cornell, I was was in a fraternity and on the track team as well. So that was keeping you busy. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if some of the things like eLab and, and those things were really as well-developed as they are now. They, they weren't. I was talking to the students when I was just back on campus a couple of weeks ago, and it's incredible how much more they have in terms of clubs and entrepreneurship, just help and support. That's definitely true. So it sounds like you have some good role models in your parents. I wonder if you have advice for other students who maybe like didn't grow up in a family where you have people to look to for entrepreneurial advice. What would you say to students who are thinking of, you know, even other freshmen who have an idea for something? What are some of the best things you did that helped you move your business along? Yeah, I I think deciding if you truly want to be an entrepreneur or not is probably the first step. Being an entrepreneur is like being on a roller coaster all the time, and it never ends. There's crazy highs and there's crazy lows, and it's a career that I think some people are just not not meant to be on and. I think a lot of people get very excited about the idea that they have and they say, oh, I'll build this really quick and make a lot of money fast and then I'll be done. But in actuality, it takes 5, 10, 15, 20 years to build a successful company. And I think when it starts to get hard is when a lot of people give up. And so I think really looking at yourself in the mirror and and deciding if it's something you have to do no matter what, even if it gets incredibly hard. And that's probably a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And you said you definitely felt that way about the loci, like you would have walked through walls to make that happen. Oh, yeah. And, and for me, it was more than a company, right? It was, it was the emotions of my grandfather and his Alzheimer's that was tied up in the, the mission of the company. And so I think it made it extra powerful for me when I was first getting off the ground. Right. So what are some of the things 
that you've noted in your time with your companies that have been some of the greatest successes? Like, are there things or days that you woke up and you thought, oh, I've really made it now? Or, I've, you know, are there numbers that you reached? Or, like, is there a story you heard from someone who said, you know, a similar, like, my grandfather has cancer, I wear your bracelet? Are there some things that really have touched you or made the company feel successful? Yeah, you know, if you asked me this 10 years ago, I probably would have answered with a financial answer of revenue or profit or something like that. But I think what surprised me over the last 10 years is looking back, the experiences that I hold as the most valuable and what I view as success is customer stories about how Loka has changed their lives for the better, the amount we've given to charity, and also just the day-to-day improvements I see in my team, right? I think I I didn't quite value my team at the beginning of this journey. I thought, oh, okay, I'll hire people to do things for me. But really, you're, you're fostering and building and mentoring your team. And your team is the key to your success. And so watching young, early employees in the company, like really grow and learn and make small mistakes, learn from those mistakes and, and become better at their roles and grow within their own careers has been incredibly rewarding as well. That's great. Have you had people with you that have been with you for a long, long time or even since the beginning of the company? Yeah. I think the employee that's been with us the longest is either seven or eight years now out of 10. It's pretty good. And in the first couple of years, there, there wasn't really we any didn't employees. didn't have employees. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'd love to talk a little bit about you as a person and maybe some things about you that you think have been helpful as you've become an entrepreneur and some advice you have and some things like that. So tell me about like your habits, some of the habits that you consider really positive that have helped you in your journey of being a business owner. And as you said, it's like a roller coaster. And maybe some of the things that you would advise people to be careful about in terms of habits that you're glad that you don't have anymore or that you wish you didn't have. Yeah, sure. So I think a habit that has allowed me to sustain what I do every day is my balance. Uh, and I know my companies are both about balance. And I think that's a through line to, to who I am as well. I really work to balance my fitness, my family and friends, and work. And I do that with my calendar. So in my calendar, I schedule time that I'm with my kids, time that I'm working out, time that I'm with my wife on for date nights. And it might sound silly, but when it's blocked in my calendar, I know that there's nothing else that I should be doing. And that allows me to be very present in those times, including sleep. And so I, I really try to live my day-to-day life and my week and my month as if I'll do it for the next 50 years. Because I, th- I think it's very easy to get burned out if you are staying up till three in the morning, waking up at six in the morning to work more, and you're on this mentality that's grind, grind, grind. I have to work harder than everyone else. I think it's about how long you can do it sometimes, not not always how much you can pack into one week. And so I've been doing it for 10 years and plan to do it for another 50. So I'd say... The advice is to use your calendar and really plan out the different aspects of your life that fulfill you beyond work. I would say something that I didn't do a good job of early in my career that I've now kind of transitioned and been able to do is 
become very unemotional about my businesses and letting that emotion trickle into the rest of my life, right? So when I had a bad day at work or something went wrong, I would let that translate into the time I was with my kids. And I just, I caught myself and I was like, wow, like I can't let this roller coaster affect the rest of my life. And so I try to be very emotional about our mission and our vision and our purpose and our people, but very unemotional about business decisions and what happens in the day to day, because I've learned from trial, no matter how emotional you get, it doesn't really change the outcome of the choices you have to fix that uh, situation. And so just taking the emotion out of it allows you to make probably the best business decision that when you're clear headed and not let the emotions affect the rest of your life. Right, right. That's definitely good advice. Probably not, probably took you some while to master that or continues to be something you that we all work on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned your calendar is something you use really religiously. Are there other tools or apps or any physical things you use or digital that have really helped you? For me, it's working out. I have to work out like every day. And, and I feel like if I get that time to myself, when I'm not wanted or needed by anyone else, and that really fills my cup, it allows me to be the best leader I can be, the best father I can be, and feel healthy. So I think everyone should move, but maybe people have a different uh, hobby or thing that fills their cup. And so make sure to prioritize that because that will make you a better business leader as well. Right. And are you a gym person or do you like run marathons or do some unusual like rock climbing kind of sport or do you have a lot of different I still things? run and cycle and go to the gym. Right. Lots of different options. Yeah. That's great. As an entrepreneur, typically you're given advice all the time by people about things that you're doing. Maybe they're investors or family members or whoever. Can you think of some really good advice that you've gotten that you would pass along and perhaps any advice that you're glad that you didn't pay attention to? Mm, I'll start with the latter. Okay. I, I would say as a entrepreneur, when you raise money, your investors want a big return and a fast return. And usually, or over the past 10 years, the message was growth, growth, growth. Just grow as fast as you can. And I was always a very conservative founder meaning I always cared about the bottom line and the health of the business, not just growing top line as fast as possible. And so that was advice that I didn't take from investors. And I'm glad I didn't take because I would have blown through all of the money on marketing and things that didn't really drive the health of the business or the bottom line. And now when you get into a tough economic time like we're in and money is more expensive and it's harder to raise you can't be spending like that. And so if you did and you saw crazy growth, now when the money dries up, the business tends to go from where it is to zero. So I believe you should grow slowly and steadily and healthy. So that'd be a piece of advice that I wouldn't listen to when you're fundraising from people. And a piece of advice that I did take, I think honesty and just, not cutting corners and doing things the right way and being kind to people, which I think are lessons and advice that my parents have always instilled in me mm -hmm. and have served me well. Right. You actually wouldn't think of that initially, but in the long term, 
definitely, and especially in terms of your team and having people stick with you as well. That's definitely true. Did the industries that your dad or your grandfather in, are they anything similar to what you're doing? Are they products or are they completely different kinds of things? My dad was in consumer products as well, but a very different product category in space. Very cool. So is there one thing that you think that people would be surprised to find out about you that you're willing to share? That I have two kids. <laughs> because you seem too young to have two kids. Yeah, I'm 32. Wow. How old are they? Four and two. Oh, fun. Yeah. Good ages. That's great. Yes. Yeah. Great ages. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a huge surprise, but uh, all my friends are still single. So uh, <laughs> whenever we're out and, and I meet someone, they're like, wait, you have two kids. But it makes it all the more important to do what you're doing in terms of balancing your time. Absolutely. So I wonder, there's like this lineage of entrepreneurs, if um, one of your kids will end up being an entrepreneur. Probably too early to tell that yet. Yeah, too early. That's very fun. So when you think about things that have been helpful to you, are there any books that you read or that you always recommend to other entrepreneurs that you have found useful in your career? So I am actually going to say, I'm not going to say a specific book, but I would say read fiction, not always nonfiction. I've read tons of the nonfiction business books, but and yeah, they can be a little bit helpful. But I, I think reading fiction and uh, really like using your creative side of your brain and escaping into different worlds. For me, it's been more additive, I think, than the business mm -hmm. books. So read more fiction. And no specific author, but just in general, any kind of fiction. Yeah, in general, whatever people right. like. That's definitely different than most people have been sharing with us these definitely business books, which I'm sure you've read all of them. So it's nice to have a little break to think about fiction. Yeah. Is there a business person that you admire whose career or business, or it doesn't have to be a business person, but someone that you admire for some reason that you'd like to tell us about? Mm. Uh, one of my best friends, David Greenfeld, who is also an entrepreneur, and he's been working on his company. It's called Dream Pops. It's a plant-based confection company for eight years. He left his finance job and I've just watched him grow and become a leader and an entrepreneur. And it's just been amazing to see. That's great. And does he have a product already out there that you can purchase? Yeah. It's like a dibs competitor. Okay, great. And is there dream pops? Does that mean, does it have some special meaning? Like, does it? No. No, just a, just a good name. Yeah. I was going to ask you how people can find out more about your companies, but before I do that, I'd love to know if there's anything we didn't talk about that you'd love to share or discuss. No, I think if any students are listening, just do your best to enjoy the time that you have at Cornell and on campus. It goes by very fast, and I think a lot of the most important and memorable experiences while on campus were outside of the classroom, meeting different people, and you, you never know who you're going to meet or interact with on campus and then run into them five or eight years later in a career that you're both interested in. So meet as many people as you can and really enjoy your time. That's great. That's definitely true. Has that happened to you that you've run into Cornelians throughout your Tons. career? Yeah. And, and, and I would even say there were kids who I was acquaintances with while I was on campus and knew, but wasn't really friends with them who now five, eight years, 10 years later have become good friends of mine. It's funny how that works as well. Right. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So 
Can you tell us how people can find out more about your companies? Yeah, sure. You can find out more about Lokai at Lokai.com, L-O-K-A-I.com, and then elementsofbalance.io as the drinks company. You can also just search Elements of Balance drinks on Amazon. It's probably the easiest place to find them. We're also in Wegmans. So if you're up at Cornell, you can just pop into the Ithaca Wegmans. And then I'm on Instagram at Steven Eisen. Feel free to DM me and just say, hey, Cornellian here, and I'll definitely respond. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining us, Steven. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you, Kathy. Awesome. So to find out more about entrepreneurship at Cornell and see the show notes from this episode, visit eship.cornell.edu. And please rate and review our podcast by scrolling to the bottom and sharing your thoughts. Your reviews will help even more entrepreneurs find our podcast and be inspired by stories like Stevens. A special thanks to Abigail Younger, my editor extraordinaire, and to Bert Odom-Reed of the Cornell Broadcast Studio.